AM 1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Reeves and Pritchard. Shot clock at two. Reeves has got a fire. Oh, he got it! He got it! My goodness, seven three. Three ball, Dickinson. Yes, sir! What a call and confidence. It's amazing. Sharp, ball fake, jumper. And that's tipped out prior to Shed. That is what this game may boil down to if you're Arizona State. He's had some heroic moments. The last two shots he's taken didn't drop. And a reset for Stanford. Back inside. Angel fields off, shields off the defender. And he leads the way with 19. In four years of a very good career at San Diego State. Yeah, they didn't score a lot, and he wasn't one of the top options. Wow. And again, we see Balo. Balo is so strong inside and really love the position he gets, and that's the key for him. If he can make the end one so he doesn't have to shoot two when he goes to the line. Shooting 38% from beyond the three-point arc. Filipowski back in playing with the four fouls. Tough shot, but he makes it. And again, it's just so much time. I mean, if you're going to allow him to play one-on-one, Filipowski's going to win that battle more often than not. Davis into the paint, draws the foul. He'll go to the free throw line, R.J. Davis. R.J. Davis, what a big-time play. You see, he trails him on the pin down. He keeps him on his back, kind of leans back, jumps into him, a foul over the top. That's a veteran going against a younger guard. Changes their team. Connect off the screen. Talk about confidence. Floater by Reeves. Rebound Lawson. And Mark dribbled it behind his back, lost it, and Reeves will flush it. Boy, those are killers. And there's Edie. Clutch free throw number one. We're top. Bowie into the backcourt. Off he goes. With three seconds. With two seconds. The floater. Short. Edie rebounds it. He wanted a timeout. A steal and a finish on the other end. Chucky Hepburn makes winning plays. He always has. High school at Bellevue West to Wisconsin. Here he is again. Unbelievable. Back-to-back steals. Hepburn with two more and a chance for one to add on at the line. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports zone guide, Bob Kemp on KDUSAM1060. Welcome to the Friday, February 2nd edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD 2 100.7. The NBA, are you watching fewer games because of the Stars missing games? Kansas Houston, who wins Saturday's Big 12 showdown? ASU, is there any hope for a turnaround? The U of A, why is it so much better at home? 
Uh, more college hoops. Who wins the other top 10 showdowns this weekend? And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we have the introduction of today's pipeline. 10-15 or so, a Kansas basketball update and also some Big 12 talk. Uh, we'll obviously preview the Kansas and Houston game on Saturday. All that with Matt Tate. Now with RIS1 Sports. No, see, R1S1 Sports. There we go. Got it the second time. Let's keep score. We can keep score ourselves. How many times I get that right or how many times I get that wrong in the next three hours. Meanwhile, 1030 or so interactive action at 602-260-1060. Also today's bottom line. And uh, some local roundup stuff, including ASU, Stanford, and U of A basketball, U of A Cal basketball analysis from Thursday night. More ASU than the U of A as far as the analysis goes. Final segment of the sports zone will be the national roundup, topped by the latest line for Super Bowl 58. Also, some rip from the headlines from the wire, a little grapevine if we have time, from the scoreboard if we have time. Who knows? But we'll have plenty of opportunities. Uh, to get to some of that stuff either in the uh, sports zone or dur- during the extra point hosted by Kayla from 11 to 1. Then after the sports zone, as you might have just heard, from 11 to 1, it's the extra point hosted by Kayla. And it's Friday spread day uh, from Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits in Mesa. Also, we'll have an early Super Bowl prop bet segment with Kyle Sapi of Pro Football Network. On to the pipeline we go. Time for today's Pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. We start with a KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question, are you watching fewer NBA games because of the frequent games missed by elite players? And Kayla is here and has the early returns. Yes, leading the way, 67% of the vote, no trailing at 33%. On Thursday, the Lakers announced that LeBron James and Anthony Davis would not play. That was hours before uh, the game against the Celtics. And then the Lakers won the game anyway at Boston. Uh, It was the uh, Austin Reeves show, as you heard at the top of the hour there. Kevin Harlan doing that game is perfect because no matter how relevant or irrelevant a game is, uh, Kevin Harlan's going to make it sound like it's the greatest game. It's the Super Bowl every week for Kevin Harlan. God bless him. Uh, today's poll question. Will Kansas suffer a rare home court loss Saturday versus Houston? And Kayla, what do we have here? Over on X at KDUS AM 1060, no leads the way at 75% of the vote. Yes, trailing at 25%. Houston is in uh, first season of the Big 12 in first place in the Big 12, 6-2 overall, while Kansas, the king of the Big 12 forever, is 5-3 and three in conference games. Meanwhile, on the local front, the ASU basketball program is on life support. At least this season, this season it's on life support. Losing for the fifth time in six games last night, outscored 42-29 after halftime, and a 71-62 home court loss to Stanford. Is there any hope for ASU to rescue its spiraling season? Spiraling down. Meanwhile, the Wildcats are still unbeaten in McHale Center. After, as expected, a uh, completely, uh, you know, they dominated Cal. A final score, 91-65. 
Why has the U of A been so average on the road? And uh, after uh, you know, they basically they've dominated at home. Why are they become, why are they so much better at uh, home as they are on the road? Depending, you can phrase that any way that you'd like. Better than I just did. Meanwhile, a little more college hoops. There are four top ten matchups. Four top ten matchups this weekend on Saturday. In addition to the previously mentioned number four uh, Houston at number eight Kansas. Number seven, Duke, is at number three, North Carolina. Number five, Tennessee, is at number 10, Kentucky. Then on Sunday, number two, Purdue, is at number six, Wisconsin, which lost last night at Nebraska. How about some predictions? Duke at North Carolina, Tennessee at Kentucky, and Purdue at Wisconsin. Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? That's the pipeline for today with all these tremendous topics and much more. During today's sensational radio program, anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion category. So whether it is from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can uh, tweet the show at uh, x.com, uh, x.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you'll be the target of this. <laughs> Coming up next, we'll have a news update with Corey. That'll be followed by a Kansas-Houston basketball preview from Lawrence, Kansas tomorrow. Uh, and we'll also talk some Big 12, uh, including the U of A and ASU entering the Big 12. We'll get into the U of A part of that a little bit as far as basketball goes. All that with Matt Tate from R1-S1 Sports. Once again, at the bottom of the hour, it'll be phone call time. General discussion, 602-260-1060. Also, some bottom line answers from the pipeline questions that you just heard. And time pending, at least some local roundup topped by some ASU and U of A analysis from last night. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. Hey, Phoenix, Doug Gottlieb here. I'm bringing the best sports talk weekdays to you, 1 to 3 p.m., right here on KDUS AM 1060. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. You're home for the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from 7 to 10 a.m. It is February. I've noticed that. It is February 2nd, in fact. Kansas is not atop the Big 12 standings. In fact, they're in a, a play, you know, tie for, like, fourth place. If you count the, you know, you got Houston and, uh, you know, they're, you know, they're actually in fourth place. They're, they're actually they're tied for fourth place. Uh, you got Houston. Also, Iowa State and uh, Texas Tech are all tied for the top spot with six and two conference records. But Houston, uh, considered to be the best of those teams, and certainly the metrics love Houston. Uh, Houston and Kansas scheduled a square off in uh, Lawrence on Saturday. We're trying to catch up with Matt Tate from R1S1 Sports. 
and uh, talk to him about uh, Kansas and about this game a little bit. But in the meantime, uh, as we uh, try to catch up with Matt, um, gonna just, I'll just kind of uh, BS my way through here a little bit. Uh, you know, Kansas is 17-4 and four overall, 5-3 and three in Big 12 play. Uh, the Big 12, the best conference in college basketball for several years running now. Those numbers, you know, 17 and four overall, three and three conference play, they would be great for almost every program. Maybe not at Kansas. I think the expectations are, you know, certainly national championship or bust or final four or bust or something along those lines or bust. You know, 21 games in the season. I don't think we've had this many questions about Kansas, at least I haven't, for a little while. Uh, you know, they face you know, Houston tomorrow. Uh, you know, Bill Self's teams almost never lose at home. Uh, he's been there for like 20 years, and I'm certain that they haven't even lost 20 home games total over those uh, over his time in Kansas. Uh, but you know, they're going to be a small favorite tomorrow because they're playing in Lawrence. Uh, but uh, you know, it's an interesting situation that uh, usually they're uh, you know favored by five or more against pretty much anybody at home. Uh, also, uh, that game, Houston comes in, and uh, Houston is, uh, you know, they have the three best guards on one team in college basketball, in my opinion. In fact, I don't really think that there's much debate about that. So how do they match up with that? Also, uh, Kansas, one of the reasons that they're, quote, disappointing to some, to some extent, or to, for at least some uh, thus far this season, is because they've basically had a four-man team. And one of those guys, and arguably their second best player, or um, maybe third best player, they've got four really good players, basically. And after that, they're not really sure what they have, and they've had almost no bench production. In fact, before Tuesday night when they beat Oklahoma State, they had gotten one field goal in each of the previous two games from the bench. The whole bench. One field goal in the previous two games. And then Kevin McCuller Jr., uh, who was either their second or third best player. Uh, he missed that game against Oklahoma State on Tuesday with the knee situation. And uh, at least at that time, they were not sure if he was going to be able to play the game uh, tomorrow for Kansas against Houston. So that would uh, certainly, uh, you know, even if he, if he doesn't play, I'm very curious what the point spread would actually be. I want him to play because I want all the best players to play every game, whether it's, you know, no matter what the sport. Because uh, I'm all into watching athletic competition and hopefully high-level athletic competition, and if he's out there, that uh, means that there's a uh, you know you several players on the floor who we're going to be seeing in the NBA. I'm guessing for several years to come, including McCuller. Um, so, but when he's out there, you know they're obviously a much better team because he's really good. He's also a two-way player. You can play some defense. He's really good. Uh, you know, basically in transition. In fact, he's you know maybe his best when he grabs a defensive rebound and then turns it into offense at the end of the at the end of the floor. He puts it. You know, he's it was 94 feet, uh, so to speak. Uh, you know, more than occasionally. So yeah, hopefully he hopefully he'll be out there tomorrow uh, because uh, that's they need him in this game. No matter whether they had depth or not, and they don't have a whole lot of depth. So we'll see what's going on with that. Meanwhile, as far as uh, you know, Houston's concerned, uh, Kelvin Sampson, this is going to be one of the few games. Bill Self just outcoached. When they have a close game, whether it's home or away, they win a lot of those because he just outcoaches the you know, opposition. 
Uh, he is the master of the out-of-bounds play. Um, if he ever wanted to write a book, maybe, I don't think he has, but if he wanted to write a book about just out-of-bound play design, probably wouldn't do this until he quits coaching. Uh, but uh, if, he, uh, if he retired or goes to TV at some point, uh, that would be a, a bestseller, I would assume. I think every basketball coach in the planet, uh, from the NBA to the, the lowest level of you know toddler basketball, uh, we'd be trying to buy that book and see how does he do this? You know, I mean, it's, um, it's not the same thing every time. They've got he's got an incredible. Reminds me of Mike D'Antoni, uh, when D'Antoni was with the Suns. I actually asked D'Antoni a couple of times, where do you come up with these things? And then, like a couple months later, they used to he used to have a pregame uh, session with the media when he was with the Suns as the head coach. D'Antoni did. Uh, and was just, you know, usually there was a game or two on when you're just kind of sitting in his office and shooting the bull. And actually he stopped this one time because he saw this play and he, he had the video thing and he re reround the tape and, and he was doing the, he, he was scratching down the, you know, the X's and O's part of what the play that he just saw. I wonder if self does that because, you know, all coaches, a lot, well, I shouldn't say all. Many coaches, I would assume many successful coaches, steal from others, no matter what the sport. But it's unbelievable how they score at an incredibly high rate in out-of-bounds plays. I used to think that Tom Izzo was the champion of this, uh, but uh, now he's still good. But yeah, I think that uh, Self has bypassed him as the best coming-out-of-timeout X and O guy I've ever seen. Uh, so that's something you pay attention to in any Kansas game whether it's tomorrow against the Houston defense, which is metrically uh, considered to be the best in the country, uh, or whether it's no matter who they're playing, that's something you should all pay attention to. This is not the first time I've talked about this. First I have talked, I think it's the first time I've talked about this season, though, uh, but that's definitely something to pay attention to. And if it's a close game, uh, which I hope it is, and I think it's most likely to be, that could be the deciding factor, uh, especially if Kansas wins. You know, I would assume that they're going to have you know there's you know eight eight time timeouts per game just on television timeouts. Uh, you know, in addition to the coaches and you know the timeouts that are called and the you know just the the way that the flow of the game is going and so forth and the timeouts at the end of games. So pay attention to all that stuff which I'm sure many of you do anyway, but more so in Kansas and Bill Self is uh, uh, coaching Kansas in those kind of games. Uh, the Big 12, obviously, is the best conference in college basketball, has been for several seasons running. I'm not exactly sure how this has kind of happened. Uh, the ACC, I know they've gotten, certainly the recruiting's gotten better, and I would assume it's going to get even broader uh, with the uh, addition of you know, ASU, U of A, Colorado, and Utah, it's you know, some of those basketball places, you know, Colorado and Utah. Colorado has some good high school basketball. I'm not sure Utah has an abundance of it, uh, but still, you know, they can cruise, you know, the geographic region that they're uh, you know, going to be playing games in increases, so you would think that that's going to help them. It's going to definitely help. With ASU and the U of A, it's going to actually help the Big 12 more than it's going to help ASU and the U of A because ASU and the U of A already recruit California. And uh, the Arizona high school basketball scene has gotten enormously better 
in the last 25 years since I've been here, roughly 25 years. Uh, and I was here before in the 70s and 80s, and uh, high school basketball in this state was not good. Uh, there'd be maybe one or two you know, Division One type of players per year in the entire state uh, that you were confident would be really good players in the college level. That has obviously significantly increased. Unfortunately, uh, ASU has not done a really good job, no matter who the coach has been in the last 100 years, of keeping a lot of those guys here. Uh, the U of A has also not done great on that, quite frankly. And, uh, you know, the U of A has been more of a national recruiting base, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, you know, that, that's uh, it's definitely something that both of those programs could get better at. But the Big 12 is just unbelievable. Almost every game, Oklahoma State's not particularly good. Uh, but they're good. They're okay at home. But there are, you know, there are no easy road games, let's put it that way, in the Big 12 this particular season. And uh, it's just a brutal conference uh, as far as just trying to, you know, if you're a, an average team or a below average team, it's uh, going to be uh, it's going to be a struggle. I think uh, I think it's going to be rough for even the U of A next season because the U of A is not good in road games this season. You know, only winning you know, two conference road games in the Pac-12 is not good. Uh, Pac-12 has had some up and down seasons in college basketball recently. Right now, it's the lowest it's been in many years. Um, I mean, I don't even know how good the U of A. I think the U of A is extremely overrated for some of the things that they did in November and early December. They certainly aren't playing at a top 10 level right now. And we're going to talk about you know, in the extra point in the next segment a little more about the top 10 matchups that are going on tomorrow. I don't think the U of A can beat any of these teams, even though they did beat one of them already. But that game was in Tucson when they routed Wisconsin. And that's when uh, before uh, the U of A took a uh, you know, downward turn uh, for a while. Okay, really quickly, let's go to Matt Tate from R1S1 Sports and talk a little Kansas and Houston basketball. First up, uh, Matt, thanks for joining us. And uh, let's start with Kansas. And uh, they're 17 and 4 overall, 5 and 3 in conference play. Uh, great for most programs, probably not what they were expecting at Kansas, at least some people. So how would you uh, summarize the uh, Jayhawks 21, three, or 21 games through the season? Yeah, no, you're exactly right. You hit it on the head, and my apologies for being late getting to you here. Um, the, uh, the, the clear, clear thing that I can say about this Kansas team is they are still a work in progress in just about every sense. I mean, they, they have a core group of four guys that are, uh, you know, rock stars i mean all big 12 all american caliber players they found a fifth starter recently in the freshman johnny Furphy from australia he's been phenomenal so the starting lineup's probably pretty pretty set um but they they have major questions on the bench they need depth they are struggling without it they are trying desperately to find it there are flashes where it looks like it's coming and then other times where it looks like you can't play any of those guys. So it, it's that part of it is definitely a work in progress. I think you're right. The, the, you know, three of the four losses they have came on the road in conference play, and that's where they have really dominated this conference over the years. Uh, they've been able to hold serve at home you know, and win at Allen Fieldhouse where it's impossible to play and then go out on the road and win you know, half their games most years. And, and that usually is good enough to win the conference. So I think the panic comes from – 
people realizing, you know, okay, they're they're one in three in road games so far. Um, losing at Iowa State, no big deal. Iowa State's ranked 12th in the country. That happens, and it's happened over and over and over for Kansas. That's a tough place to play. The losses that really got people worried and panicking were at West Virginia, which I think was six and eleven at the time, and, and at Central Florida, which you know no one knew what they were going to be coming into the Big Twelve. They looked pretty good, to be honest. They 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 looked like a good basketball team, but no one expected them to beat Kansas. So that's where the the, the sort of problems come from is those two unexpected losses. But again, like you said, seventeen and four, a top ten program. They got a big chance this weekend. I don't think anyone inside the program is panicking or freaking out. I just think the the fan base is. Uh, Why the lack of depth? Is that a surprising thing to you? A little bit. Um, There are reasons. The the biggest being, you know, they had a fifth starter who was very clearly going to start. Uh, His name was Arterio Morris. Uh, He transferred from Texas. He was looking at Kansas when he was coming out of high school. Um, Had a really good freshman year at Texas. Uh, great athlete, incredible defender, uh, can shoot the three, you know, brings athleticism like crazy. So he was the fifth starter, and, and they had to kick him off the team for um, allegations of, of rape earlier in the year. And, and so, mm. you know, you hate to even mention him. You hate to even talk about that because, it's, you know, he doesn't deserve to be on a team. But if he was able to keep his nose clean and they could have used him, then everything else kind of falls down, right? Like, that, that fifth starter that they've been searching for wouldn't have been a search. And then those three guys behind him would have been – their bench roles would have been clear from the start. They could have settled in there a little bit easier, not been asked to play as much as they've, they've had to play or, or different roles that they didn't expect to play. And, and you know, it trickles down from there. So it, it, really, it really could be broken down into that one simple thing. And it's a big thing, of course. But um, the other thing is, you know, they have a – uh, Townsend, uh, sorry, Townsend transfer. Nick Timberlake was supposed to be a big time shooter. He shot 40% in four years at Townsend, a 1600 point score. I mean, you know, they were counting on him and, and his shot has not fallen yet. I mean, he's had like one or two good games where he's knocked down shots, but the rest of the time he's been really kind of, you know, in his own head about it and pushing and pressing and trying too hard and things like that. So if he can relax and find his shot, then that'll help. But um, the rest of those guys are so young and so inexperienced, especially at this level, that it's been hard to find the depth. So a little bit of a surprise, but, you know, this is also kind of how college basketball goes these days. It's really hard to throw, to, throw together a team in, in six, eight months, you know, when you're, when you're picking up so many new faces and portal guys and all of that. I mean, for every Hunter Dickinson that works out, and he's been phenomenal, <laughs> um, you know, you get a guy like Timberlake who, yeah, maybe he didn't quite fit the bill of what you thought he was going to be in. Now you have to figure out how to make it work. So it's it's kind of what the world of college basketball is now, I think, coast to coast. I don't think it's just at Kansas. But, you know, it's still their job to figure it out. And, and you know, they've got time to. So it, it'll, it will be really interesting to see what happens these next, you know, seven, eight, nine games. Okay, the Big 12 has been college basketball's best conference now for a handful of years. Uh, how has it become this level of play? And also looking ahead, Arizona and Arizona State are going to be join this conference starting next year. I think ASU is going to get crushed. But Arizona <laughs> is really struggling on the road this season in the Pac-12, which is not good anymore. At least this year it's not good in basketball. Uh, how do you think Arizona basketball transfers to the Pac-12 looking ahead? Excuse me, yeah, the Big well, 12 looking ahead. Right, right. No, it'll it'll be great. I mean, it, it, you know, that's – 
one of the things as you watch the SEC and the Big Ten, you know, fight it out for football supremacy, and and obviously, you know, they 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 are the kings of that that sport. Um, you know, one of the things that the Big Twelve and and new commissioner Brett Yormark has really focused on is, well, okay, that's fine. You know, we still have some football programs that can compete and. We'll take our chances with our guys, but you know what we're going to do in the meantime? We're going to make this the best basketball conference hands down. And so that was a big part of adding Arizona. And, you know, there's been talks about if they wanted to expand any more, can they pick up a UConn? Can they grab Gonzaga? I don't know where those are or if they're ever going to come to fruition or, or not. But, like, that's the mindset, right? They are looking at let's make this undeniably the best basketball conference in America. And, obviously, Arizona fits right into that. Um, I've always believed Arizona State should too, um, and, and, and you know I think there's a lot of underachieving that happens. I, I love Bobby Hurley. Uh, we, we've got a you know Bobby Hurley after dark after dark watch that we do out here because it's usually so late. He's so entertaining late in, late in the night to watch a game. So that's uh, that's one of the things that happens here in the Midwest. We watch Bobby Hurley lose his mind and, and, and coach his tail off, and we're entertained by it, and it's great. Um, so. You know, I, I still think Arizona State has a chance to, to find it. Um, but they better quick, right, because they're coming into a juggernaut. Yeah. And, and you asked about why this has been the best conference. I think there's two things. Number one, they have phenomenal coaches. Um, you know, obviously Bill Self's a Hall of Famer, but you look at so many other guys. I mean, now Kelvin Sampson's in the league with Houston and, and what he's done over his career and at Houston now. Uh, Scott Drew has a national championship. You can go on and on and on down the list. Um, really, really good coaching. And then I think the coolest thing about this conference is, you know, when you turn on a Big Ten basketball game, you know what you're going to watch. Um, a lot of times it's in the 50s or 60s. A lot of times it's kind of stuck in the mud. Uh, there, there's sort of that slower pace, that, that physical game. Uh, the Big 12 has so many different teams that can play so many different styles. And I, I think that usually helps them in March, but I think that helps make it such an entertaining conference because – you know, one night you might be able to lock in on defense and win a rock fight in the 50s, and then the next night you may need to score 90 to beat Baylor at their place or whatever it is. And so teams and coaches have really embraced the need to do that and really, um, you know, recruited to that and, and, and game plan to that and strategized to that and all of that. And it, it just rounds them out in such a positive way. And, and next thing you know, they're a team or they're, they're a bunch of teams that – you know, you, it doesn't matter how you play, we can match it. And we've got athletes, we've got size, we've got speed, we can be physical, we can be finesse. I mean, there's so many different things they can do and ways they can approach the game. So most of that comes back to the coaching, but, but you know, that's a credit to the athletes as well. Okay, last up, I want to talk quickly about the game uh, tomorrow against uh, yeah, Houston. Uh, Kevin McCuller didn't play on Tuesday night because of a knee issue. Do we know if he's going to play? And you know, with or without him, what are some of the things that we need to focus on Saturday when we're watching uh, KU and uh, in Houston play in Lauren, in Allen Fieldhouse? Yeah, I'll be shocked if Kevin doesn't play. Um, you know, Bill Self said yesterday that it was too early to, to know. He's got a bone bruise and I think a knee, um, but he's playing. I mean, there's you know, he, he I, I think part of the, the, the night off the other night was sort of a strategic, like this seems like a good night. We can give you a, a rest and, and let that thing – try to get a little extended healing time and all that. So uh, he's so competitive, and, and these are the kinds of games he lives for. Um, you know, he, he's playing. There's, there's very little doubt in my mind, and, and if he isn't out there, I'll be shocked. So 
they should have their full strength, their full squad, and um, I, I think they're they're in for a fight. I think it's going to be you know the field house will be huge because these fans are so smart and these fans are so knowledgeable and passionate that they definitely understand this is a Houston team that could come in here and not just win the game, but, but, you know, could, could put it on Kansas if they're not careful and if KU's not playing its best. So the fans will do their part to make sure that that's as hard as possible for Houston. And um, Houston will be ready for that as much as you can be, but it's, it's easier to say you're ready for it than it is to be ready for it. So that six man thing, you know, sometimes it can be underrated or overrated. And even sometimes it's overrated at Kansas, to be honest with you. But um, very rarely is that the case, and, and certainly not in a game of this magnitude. So I, I think it'll be an incredible atmosphere. Um, two of the things that Kansas has to figure out more than anything is how to take care of the basketball uh, because those Houston guards and the defense and the swarming style that they play defensively is just uh, a nightmare for most teams. And so KU can't. They can't turn it over, period, but, but Bill Self always talks about live ball turnovers, which are the kind that lead to two-on-ones or two-on-nones and direct, easy points. You know, if you throw it out of bounds, you can still set your defense, but if you give it to them and you give them a layup, um, that's a four-point swing, and that's a compounding problem. So that is a huge, huge factor, and that's been a huge key for Kansas. When they've kept their turnovers low this year, they've been really good. When teams have turned them over, they've struggled, um, even in wins. So that, that's a huge thing. And then Self said yesterday flat out that rebounding is, is the biggest factor in this game. Uh, Houston does such a good job rebounding at all five positions. They're so athletic. And, and then when they can get it and go, which is a Kansas staple too, they want to get the ball off the glass and, and start their break and go. And, and uh, I think Houston does it even better. So, you know, they've got to be really good on the defensive glass to make sure that that Houston doesn't pound the offensive glass because that's a huge strength for them too. But when they do, uh, when they do force missed shots, you know, go get that thing and, and, and then get out and go and, and dictate the pace and make them, you know, play back on their heels a little bit because if they can set their defense and work the trapping stuff and things like that, you know, it makes it a lot harder. So I think you should see a wide open wild game. I think both teams aren't afraid to run and, and, you know, that'll be sort of strength on strength. And let's see, let's see who can win the track meet. And, and that doesn't mean it'll be in the nineties because both teams do play good defense, but I think the pace will be super entertaining and the tempo should be electric. And, and uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's a massive, massive game for Kansas. You know, they played UConn who's number one right now. They played, they played them at home on December 1st. And, um, you know, self said, this is a much, much, much bigger game than that was because that was in December and it wasn't a conference game. This is, this is sort of the one that if you get this, you're right back in the thick of the race. If you lose this one, you've got four conference losses all of a sudden at the midway point. Um, Kansas has had plenty of seasons where four conference losses is all they have, and they win the league running away. To have four halfway through would be would be new territory, and and you know uh, it would it would be a, a, again it'd be a nobody would embarrass them for this loss. It wouldn't be like you lost to a terrible team, you know. It, Houston's really, really good, but I think that panic meter would go up a notch or two. So it's uh, it's a huge game for Kansas, and as I said earlier, the fans are well aware of that, and there's no doubt that they're going to do their part, whatever that means. Uh, they they're loud, <laughs> they're they're passionate, they're angry, they're vocal, they're they're on the refs, whatever that means. Uh, you know, they'll be there in full spirit too tomorrow. 
Matt, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. I'm sure we'll be checking back uh, later in the season for sure. Thanks. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. You guys have a great day. Okay, you too. Have fun tomorrow. Matt Tate from R1S1 Sports. Excellent stuff there always. It's going to be a short segment. The next segment, if you want to get in phone call time, 602-260-1060. You got to do that like right now, 602-260-1060. And uh, we'll jam a couple of things into the next segment. And uh, we'll wrap up the uh, show with the national roundup. And I want to make sure I get to some things in the national roundup. So this next segment for mine is going to be pretty brief. Uh, And don't forget, it's the Extra Point hosted by Caleb from 11 to 1 o'clock. It is a Friday spread. Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits in Mesa brings that to you. And uh, I will include, uh, we're going to do some more of the college basketball, including this game tomorrow that we just talked about among other things, and uh, we'll also have uh, an early uh, prop bed Super Bowl segment, uh, early, you know, at least for me, <laughs> uh, prop bed Super Bowl segment uh, with uh, Kyle Soppy from Pro Football Network. So stay tuned for all that right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2. Catch the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. right here on KDUS AM 1060 and online at KDUS1060.com. It's time for today's local roundup. All right, welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD2 100.7. Lightning fast segment here. Uh, let's uh, start with a little bottom line, some of the answers at the pipeline questions uh, from earlier in the show here. Is there any hope for ASU to rescue its, uh, you know, I think uh, derailing, a spiraling season? It's derailed badly. Uh, I think there's some hope. It seems unlikely, quite frankly. Uh, the Sun Devils' season-long questions with its half-court offense just don't remain solved. Let's put it that way. We'll have more on this uh, ASU basketball and the meltdown in the second half last night against Stanford during the extra point. Meanwhile, why is the U of A becomes an average at best team when not playing at home? The bottom line is the U of A is not a good defensive team. And I think that's the biggest reason about the inconsistency between home and road for Tommy Lloyd's team. Uh, games this weekend, we'll get into these in more detail in the next couple of hours also with Kayla. Duke at Carolina, in addition to the game we just talked about with Matt, uh, with the Kansas and uh, hosting Houston game. Duke's at Carolina, Tennessee's at Kentucky, Purdue's at uh, Wisconsin this weekend. And uh, we will go, I'll make a guess on all four of those games. Uh, during the extra point, so stay tuned for that. Also, today's pipeline questions, uh, the, as far as the poll questions in the pipeline today, uh, the uh, KDUSAM1060.com question is, uh, are you watching fewer NBA games because of the frequent uh, games missed by elite players? And then the uh, Twitter, the X poll question today, will Kansas suffer a rare home court loss on Saturday versus Houston? So we'll answer those questions in some detail during the extra point. Once again, uh, some, around the 1230, the 1230 or so segment, uh, the extra point hosted by Kayla. All right. I mentioned it was going to be a fast segment. Segment's over. Okay. Coming up next, we will have the national roundup to wrap up today's spectacular radio program, the one-hour extravaganza known as the Sports Zone. That'll be uh, after Corey's uh, sports update. 
And then we'll get to the national roundup. We'll get to the latest line on Super Bowl 58. There's actually, after some changes during the week, uh, there has not been a consensus change, point spread, or total since Tuesday. Uh, we'll also get uh, some rip from the headlines as much as I can get to from the wire. Maybe even a little college basketball scoreboard. One upset last night as another top 10 team loses to another unranked opponent. It's amazing how this has happened at a high rate. I wish I had the numbers. I don't. But I can't imagine there's been a season where more top 10 opponents have lost to, have lost to unranked teams more than this season in college basketball. You're listening to Sports with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Every Monday night, check out Ray Adams as he hosts the Monday Night Golf and Lifestyle Show from 6 to 7 p.m. here on KDUS AM 1060. It's time for today's National Roundup. Welcome back, final segment of today's Sports Zone on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7 Super Bowl 58. I like to say we're almost there, but we're not. <laughs> Another 10 days or so, right? Uh, the opening line was 49ers 2.5. Uh, it went from one and a half. It went to one and a half early in the week. It, it went back up to two on Tuesday. It's pretty much been two since then. Uh, the total opened forty-eight down to forty-seven and a half rather quickly, and that I don't think has really changed since Sunday night for the most part. So that's kind of where we stand. Basically, to review, uh, 49ers a two-point favorite. Total in that game now forty-seven and a half, as it has been for several days. Uh, a little rip from the headlines action here. Joe Embiid will miss at least this weekend. According to the Sixers, uh, who on Thursday announced that Embiid has a meniscus injury to his uh, left knee. Uh, but the organization, I think it's safe to say, was vague about how long Embiid might actually be sidelined this time. Meanwhile, the Knicks, Julius Randle with the uh, shoulder, dislocated shoulder is going to miss at least two to three weeks. Uh, Knicks, uh, one of the hottest teams, if not the hottest team in the NBA over the last month. I think they just had the best January in the entire league. So that's pretty hot for a long, decent, decent amount of time. Meanwhile, the Rockets on Thursday, we actually on Thursday, we talked about how the Rockets are going to be buyers. Well, they bought yesterday. Uh, they got Steven Adams from the Grizzlies, Victor Oladipo, and three second-round picks uh, go to the Grizzlies from the Rockets. From the NFL, former Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury expected to be the next defensive coordinator, or excuse me, offensive coordinator. That would have been breaking news if you were a defense coordinator. Uh, Going to be the next offensive coordinator for the Las Vegas Raiders. That'll be interesting because I don't think they have a quarterback on their roster right now that fits anything that Kingsbury might want to try to do on offense. Meanwhile, also on Thursday, the Ravens' Mark Andrews, a Valley product, he uh, you know, basically assisted a woman who experienced a medical emergency during a Southwest Airlines flight from Baltimore to Phoenix. Uh, the, he, Andrews, we've talked about him before. He's a Valley guy. He's a tremendous player, obviously. He's also type 1 diabetic. Uh, he actually uh, provided a diabetic uh, testing kit that led to the woman uh, being stabilized for the rest of the flight. And then in typical Mark Andrews style, he just kind of like vanished as soon as the plane landed and didn't get any you know, notoriety out of the thing. He didn't even want anybody to know about it, apparently, uh, which uh, I've never met him, but I know enough about him. 
Uh, I know people that uh, coach high school basketball, for instance, in the Valley that have coached against him. And uh, so I, I've heard a lot about him. And uh, it's all been good over the years. And uh, this is yet another example. Seems to be a really good dude. Uh, meanwhile, for Major League Baseball, big news last night. Uh, the Orioles, they needed a starting pitcher in the playoffs last year, a stud. Well, they got one yesterday, a little late, but uh, you know, moving forward, they should be good. Uh, Corbin Burns was traded last night from the Brewers to the Orioles. Uh, of course, the Orioles uh, you know, were you know, a playoff team last year. Meanwhile, the Brewers just continue to basically let everybody go. And you know, Burns had to be he was gonna get he's gonna get paid by somebody at the end of the year. It's not gonna be Milwaukee, obviously. And the Brewers, I think, have a really good chance to go from first place in 2023 to last place in 2024. And last place in the NL Central is gonna be one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball because that division is not good. Meanwhile, college basketball, Zach Eady. Uh, is going to win the uh, you know the Wooden Award. I assume for the second straight year, he headlines the list of candidates that were released in the top twenty list at least uh, for the Wooden Award earlier this week. College football. I'm going to skip the college football thing. Let me just go to a couple of from the wire things really quickly here. Uh, once again, we we'll start with the NFL. This case, Brian Gutekunst. Uh, the uh, Packers general manager said yesterday that he is not going to trade cornerback Jair Alexander. Obviously, there were a lot of problems with Alexander last year, most of them injury-related, and he's still a very good corner when he's actually healthy and playing, which was not with high frequency last season. Meanwhile, the Patriots uh, have a new offensive coordinator. Uh, Gerard Mayo's first offensive coordinator will be Alex Van Pelt. Uh, who did not even call plays last season at Cleveland. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, meanwhile, college baseball, we don't talk about too much here, but one of the legends or maybe the biggest, the winningest coach in college baseball history actually passed away yesterday at the age of 79, Mike Martin, longtime Florida State coach. He was there for 40 seasons. That's how long time he was. He won 2,029 games and only lost 756. Uh, and, uh, he retired after the 2019 season, but he passed away yesterday. Florida State and the U of A and Florida State and the ASU had some epic battles over the years when they were all three of those schools were amongst the best in college baseball. Stay tuned the next two hours. It's the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. That include the Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits in Mesa. We'll also have an early Super Bowl prop bed segment with Kyle Sapi from Pro Football Network. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening.